Tequila! Stupid song. Welcome, everyone, to Hammerlock Hangover Solo Edition. I am sorry to all of our listeners that there hasn't been a show in a long time. It's been like five weeks, um, so I'm taking this extraordinary measure of doing a solo show. Um, the issue is there really isn't an issue. It's just Steve and I have not been able to coordinate on days, as many of you know from my other shows, or if you follow me on social media. I've been seeing the last five weeks. La Sicaria is down uh, in Ecuador doing Sicaria stuff, um, so I've had to take care of myself, which as a 54-year-old man... Um, who went to college and grad school and uh, was married for, well, 17 years and, and you know, lived longer than that afterwards. And, you know, obviously I'm not qualified to take care of myself. Um, so, you know, a lot of running around uh, during off work hours, et cetera. Steve's been busy and just the days that uh, he's been able to do it, I haven't and vice versa. Anyway, you, you know, you probably don't want to hear too much about that. Um you know, uh, but I figured that you were owed some explanation. No, the show's not going away, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, because we have been gone for so long, I think that the order of the show is going to be rather sporadic. Um, so listen, let's start with going way back to the couple of uh, WWE pay-per-views where there were Elimination Chamber predictions. I don't even know if Steve and I did them beforehand, but if you want to get my predictions, I know that I did them on the PWC at least. Um, listen, I predicted Roman, Edge, and Beth, Theory, Asuka, and I predicted um, uh, Lashley would... I'm sorry. I predicted Lashley would win by some shenanigans. It was a DQ. I did not predict Theory. I, I knew in my heart that he would win, but I actually predicted... Uh, Montez Ford for a bunch of reasons, which sort of made sense at the big, at the at the start, but it was uh, a haymaker, so I was wrong about that. Um, so eighty percent vengeance day. Um, I uh, got Wes Lee retaining correctly, Carmelo Hayes correct, Gallus I got correct, um, Perez I got correct, and Braun I got correct, which no more surprises. I did get uh, the tag team women's champions wrong. I didn't think James and Henley were going to do it. I figured that the next team would probably be uh, my new favorite team of Alba Fire and um, um, Isla Dawn. Um, all right. It's been a couple things that happened. One, Jerry Lawler had a stroke, but he seems to be on a recovery. Two, Jerry Jarrett died. So rest in peace to Jerry Jarrett. I think that everyone else has probably done their in memoriams at this point, but you know, obviously very influential and more important probably than people know in the development of modern era of wrestling. SummerSlam is going to be in Ford Field, uh, so they're obviously looking for another big, big show. We know the King and the Queen of the Ring tournament finals will be in Saudi Arabia at the next Crown Jewel event. Um, I imagine they'll be qualifying and and uh, sort of tournament matches leading up to that on both SmackDown and Raw. So that's pretty cool. By now, you all know that Ilya Dragunov is back in NXT and the Daba Kato has returned to NXT. I don't know if we covered or not. All right. So listen. MLW, there's been a lot of news <laughs> when when we during the hiatus and since. So MLW on their good news, they got UK TV. Okay, terrific. Um, they also got good news, and then the, and they got a TV deal on Reels. We also learned of bad news for them on Reels. There was a ten week deal, and it's not anticipated to be renewed. Not 
known exactly the reasons why. There's wide speculation that because Reels is going to be aired on Peacock pretty soon, that WWE did or they would have executed their exclusivity clause. They have an exclusivity clause with all of their, at least their domestic TV partners and probably some of the larger services that they're the only wrestling on those uh, on those particular networks or platforms. Um, Peacock may very well have made that decision on their own as well and said, you know, we're, we're committed to WWE. We're not going to have any competition or, or a similar product. So we don't know. We may never find out. I'm not sure how interesting it even is um, because of the other news. The MLW suit uh, before our last show, before hiatus, I guess we'll call it, um, it was dismissed. Uh, the motion to dismiss by WWE was granted, stating that they need not pay all that money in discovery fees, et cetera, if there was a pretty good chance that the court would dismiss this for a couple of different reasons. The court agreed. They said that the complaint on its face did not cite facts sufficient to uh, support the claims that they were making. Uh, That's a very shorthand version of it. They gave them 21 days to file an amendment to the suit. By my count, it's been more than 21 days, and we haven't heard about any amended suit being filed. So... It's probably gone, but they might file for an extension. It's just the kind of thing. Listen, I haven't been following it. I, you know, wasn't about to ask my intern or a law clerk to research this and use Pacer, which is the system by which you can uh, pick up federal suits or or look it up if this is a state case. I think it's in the federal courts in California, if, if I recall correctly. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, and that costs money, not a lot, but still, I just wouldn't do it. It's 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 an abuse. But I would think that. Any filing would be reported by somebody. Um, also, interestingly enough, the the fact that they got on reels in the first place, even, albeit 10 weeks, um, sort of would have hurt their case anyway. And maybe at the time they felt pretty, pretty froggy. Um, and maybe that was ill-fated. Who knows? The 10 weeks isn't over yet. But they started out, you know, pretty impressive, like 79,000, I believe. And then they went up. And last week they even did ninety seven thousand, but this week they plummeted out of the the top one hundred and fifty. So episode four or week four rather, because they've been running two episodes back to back. Though the second episode has tended to be a rerun more often than not, um, and not even of like the same show, like something from months and months ago, like eight months ago as opposed to two months ago, because we're still seeing EJ Nduka and Myron Reed on television. And, you know, they're both free agents at this point. Um, but, uh, so where was I going with this? Oh yeah. So they're outside of the one, the top one fifty. um, which as longtime listeners of the show, know, new Japan pro wrestling often is, but when it gets reported in the top, uh, one fifty, I mean, it's usually, 45, 48, 50,000. It does, it does vary. And this week, actually, they were lower in report in the top 50, you know, on a, when, on a Thursday night, which is, you know, maybe different than a Tuesday night. I don't really know, but this week they were out. So let's just say they were under 45,000, which in any event is like a, you know, like a 50,000 plus drop, which is more than 50%. So not so good. Um, since last we chatted, the gun club became the new AEW tag team champions. Um, the, you know, there are new WWE SmackDown, oh, well, women's world tag team champions in Becky Lynch and Lita in, well, not the greatest return of Lita. It's not even really her, her newest return 
Uh, Trish looked dynamic, and maybe they should have reversed the roles of the legends. Um, I don't know. Uh, so in a card called Multiverse United, NJPW and Impact have announced a joint show March 30th in Los Angeles. Obviously, this is sort of, you know, climbing on the back of WrestleMania weekend in the same area, but still New Japan Pro Wrestling and Impact. I mean, we know they've had a relationship. There's Bullet Club there. Some of their folks have uh, appeared in, um, by there, I mean, New Japan's folks have appeared in Impact, vice versa. But, you know, when Impact wrestlers appear overseas and things, you know, it's, it's really not surprising because they're, you know, they're largely independent contractors in, in the true sense of the word. Uh, New Japan, some of them are, some of them aren't. It's, it's usually with permission. Um, but this is a joint show. And, you know, I don't know what this means about New Japan's relationship with AEW. Maybe nothing. Maybe AEW is sticking to its guns that there's going to be no AEW show in the same area as WrestleMania, although they're having a Ring of Honor show in the area. But although much of the staff and many of the wrestlers sort of live in both worlds and there is, you know, connective tissue with the ownership. They are technically two legal entities and the ownership is different. I mean, ring of honor acquisitions group is primarily Tony Khan and maybe he has investors. Maybe he doesn't probably not. So it's probably just him where a W uh, LLC, I think it's a W holdings company or whatever, whatever it's called is, I mean, Shad Khan has a portion of it. Tony Khan has a portion of it, uh, and, and I believe there's at least one other. Um, so, interesting. We'll continue to um, watch that. You all know by now that JBL is done with Baron Corbin and done with WWE. Apparently, he was always on a short-term contract. I don't know where that leaves Corbin. It obviously wasn't helping much. Um, you know, Corbin seems to be considering continuing his losing ways, but I refuse to spend a lot of time on Baron Corbin if we don't need to. A, a little bit of New inform- new news, I, I suppose, um, from the criminal justice files. Uh, by now, everyone knows that Sonia Deville was arrested in New Jersey about a month ago. Um, I don't know what she was pulled over for, but um, or or what caused the arrest. Apparently, there was a valet involved, so I guess the valet found a loaded handgun in her um, glove compartment, and they must have called the police. In New Jersey, you cannot carry a firearm uh, without a, a carry permit. Um, and even if you're transporting one, you know, to and from a gun range or to or from the store or, or some legitimate purpose, uh, the gun must be in a, in a carry case and it must be unloaded and the ammunition must be in a, in a separate like lockbox basically. And then this wasn't. So I guess there's a law maybe that they have to report it to the police or maybe it's just this particular facility's policy. And then anyway, the news came out stating, saying that she's working on getting the charges thrown out. You know, that's probably a very favorable way of looking at it. So, listen, we all know why Sonia Deville wants to carry a gun. She has been the victim of stalking. She was in the house when Mandy Rose was the victim of stalking. We get it. I mean, you know, we understand that. But when Jimmy Johnson did the same thing, we said dumbhouse, dumbass. When Barry Switzer did the same thing in airport, we said dumbass. When Terry Reynolds did the same thing in airport, we said dumbass. If it was someone you didn't know who did this, you'd say dumbass. Um, so dumbass. We live in a state of, in a country of federalism. Different states have different laws. Adults are charged with knowing these things. She undoubtedly know, knew. I didn't know. If she, I don't know if she forgot or just took the chances or whatever it is. And I think it was Roger Geary has, why did the valet go into a glove compartment? You know, first of all, I would say that's a side issue. Who really cares? That's, that's not really the point of it. Um, 
But I can think of legitimate reasons. I mean, if you've ever valeted a car and you look into the valet box, they usually only have the car keys. Maybe they don't want to be responsible for all of the other keys on somebody's keychain, and they put those in the glove box. I mean, you know, that, that seems like one reasonable thing to do. Maybe their their lot's policy is to make sure the car is insured, and so they look for an insurance card, which is sort of creepy and violation of privacy, but that could be another reason. But I, I would go with the first one uh, versus just plain old curiosity. Um, but whatever it is, that doesn't matter. They're not a state agent. So what do I think will happen? I, I'm sure she's has a good lawyer. She's going to make a sympathetic case. I, I haven't checked, but my guess is that she has no criminal record whatsoever. I'm sure what they mean by getting the charges thrown out means that they're probably going to work on some sort of plea bargain, which probably is going to result in like a no papering, some sort of diversionary program, pay a fine, community service, you know, if even community service, you know, do an education course, promise to never do it again. And then they, in my state, they call it STET, which is like a a permanent postponement. And then if you behave yourself, nothing happens within X amount of time, then they dismiss it automatically. And you can even file to expunge it in my state. Or maybe they null process, they call it here, which is just Latin for no papering. Uh, so that technically is a dismissal, but it's not the kind of dismissal where they go, these charges are unfounded. Now, maybe they're going to try and argue some Fourth Amendment kind of case. But again, it wasn't a state agent who did it, uh, not a police agency, unless it was the unless she was parking in the police parking lot. Um, there was some news about her before that, which was that she had an injury to her eye socket. Um, hopefully that's not too serious. Uh, obviously, she was driving up to New Jersey, so uh, or somebody was. Uh, probably to tell family or on the way to tell family or, or share the joyous news of her recent engagement. So congratulations to her. Listen, the situation sucks. I, I'm not, I know I don't sound too sympathetic because I, you know, I'm really not. I, I don't think that you forget that you have a gun in the glove compartment. I mean, the whole purpose of keeping a, glo- a gun in your glove compartment is so that you know you have a gun in the glove compartment. I'm very sympathetic to why she has it and the reasons for it. Um, a lot of reasons. Um, but I don't think this is not going to cost her her job. She's not going to get a suspension. She will get this taken care of and it'll be fine. Um, like I said, it'll, it'll be either some sort of short-term probation with a dismissal at the end or dismissal on, on the beginning conditional. And you'll never know the conditions, but conditional on her doing X, Y, and Z things, which will probably be very minor stuff. You know, maybe she'll have to speak at some schools or whatever. Um, anyway, in some other jurisprudence, uh, Jeff Hardy finally um, worked out his plea deal um, with the state after many, many, many months of negotiations, a bunch of postponements. What a lot of people don't know is he did spend time in jail. I didn't know this either. I mean, we had to find out afterwards, but he, he spent like almost 40 days in jail. So he did do jail time and everyone's saying, He'll, he won't do any jail time. Well, he did, um, whether that was weekends or that was part of it. Um, he did intensive rehab. He's said to be doing well. The source of this, he said, is Matt Hardy, who has lied his ass off before, probably partly with good motivations to protect his brother, probably to desperately hang on to the hope of getting the Hardy boys back again, which is a much better act than anything that Matt Hardy's been doing himself right now. Um, And whenever you say anything to the contrary, Rebbe gets on the horn or Twitter and starts yelling at the world and we should all mind our own business. Well, you know, I think we would mind our own business if the entire family didn't keep going on Twitter and social media and lying to us about how Jeff was, you know, he was fine. WWE wronged him and everyone believed it. 
Um, you know, how Mike Johnson unfairly reported that he was having a bad day. Yeah, I could see with my own eyes he was having a bad day. And, and you know, we predicted it. I mean, I famously predicted that, that Jeff Hardy would have, would get a, a DUI within, you know, in, within the first six months of the year, or I think it was last year. And I mean, it was within like, I think it was like two weeks after that show aired or whatever, whatever it was, it was ridiculous. Anyway, he seems to be in a better place right now. Everything about his AEW return is right, is right now on hold. Nobody's saying anything. My suggestion to them is that they stay far away. When he came on, it didn't boost ratings. It didn't do anything. No one really wants to see the Hardy boys again, mostly because we've seen Matt Hardy and what he can do, which is very little. Um, and, you know, just because Jeff Hardy's so, uh, sober doesn't mean, you know, he, I doubt he's in any sort of ring shape. He's older. He's more beat up. Withdrawal takes a toll on the body. And that lifestyle is not conducive to sobriety, being on the road and, and being with temptation, all the, you know, the young people and all that other, you know, stuff, but just, just the pain, you know, a, a lot of uh, substance abuse is about pain management, self-medication. So, I think they've made their money. He can make money on autographs and maybe he can do his music tour again. Remember that? Um, and uh, just, you know, just let that, just let it pass. Uh, let let, let, it, let him be a happy memory. And, you know, and this time maybe they should accept the WWE uh, Hall of Fame invitation. All right. Some other things that happened in the hiatus time, the Young Bucks had a tweet and delete about their contract. Um so they seem to not be entirely happy. I know they're constant trolls, but it's interesting to see them in contrast to FTR, who've been, you know, they, they've requested time off and it was granted. Uh, it doesn't, yeah, embedded in that I am is the implication that Tony Khan is not extending their contract during this time off time as opposed to some sort of injury recovery time, like he did with Kenny Omega, who's had, you know, nine months added to his contract. And I'm sure he's not too pleased about it. Side note, there was a little question that, that some podcasters raised about what well, was his EVP contract um, told and delayed as well? One, probably not because he was doing that job and doing it as poorly as he was before. Two, why do you, we assume he has a contract? Do you have a contract? Do I have a contract? Do most people have contracts? No. Just because WWE gives contracts to their high executive employees doesn't mean that AEW does. We know that Punk said he was an EVP, and Tony didn't contradict that. No one's talking about his EVP contract. Jericho said he's an employee, and Tony Khan hasn't contradicted that. No one talks about his EVP contract. No one talked about Cody's EVP contract, um, you know, when he left for WWE. Everyone, I guess, just assumed that it expired the same time as his talent contract, and he was a free agent in, in both regards. I'm willing to bet that there are no contracts. They're just at-will employees like most of us. Don't let the fancy title fool you. There's plenty of people who have officer titles that don't have written contracts. So I'm going with that there are no EVP contracts. Um, and if there are, it's maybe starting now. Um, anyway, so the Young Bucks did, you know, did a little tweet and delete. But FDR, like, you know, Dax, ever since he's had this podcast, it's like a love-hate thing for me because I like Matt Coon. I don't like listening to Dax. I like FTR as wrestlers, but Dax whines and cries all the time. But I think he's mostly telling his truth. So there's a lot of insight there. And if you listen to what he says and you read his tweets, he seems to be very unhappy there. And basically, you know, they're on team punk. Um, 
They clearly don't like the Young Bucks. They clearly didn't like MJF. They they thought that everyone else in the pinnacle, um, you know, were team players, and MJF was the the you know the guy who thought he was special. I guess his fiance or ex fiance agrees with him because apparently she left him in that weird ass promo where MJF's you know Mister Cocky and Rich every week, and then one week he's borderline uh, you know a sociopath for for you know almost killing a woman in, in his car while driving, and then trading seats with her and running away to let her take the fall for it. And then the next week, you know, telling us his fiance left him and he's going to swallow pills. I mean, you know, sort of a bipolar character, almost like more like yay or Conway West, but because his name is legally yay, I give him that respect. Um, so like yay. And, and I wouldn't exactly say, an, a, you know, a, a character that anyone really would get behind and think of as a champion. It, it It's weird. Um, Anyway, it sounds like, I mean, FTR is on their way out, and really there's only one other place to go. People can fantasize about other stuff, but that ain't it. They're, they're going back to WWE. All right, Trinity and Mercedes, they're continuing their tour together. They're going to Comic-Con in Seattle. Um, as people know with Mercedes, uh, as Mercedes Vernado, not Mercedes Monet, she recently was in The Mandalorian, uh, and she still is, and that show premiered again, so she was at the premiere. Um Episode one came out. She wasn't in it, but uh, uh, one of my low-key favorites, uh, Katie Sackhoff was, who I cast as Captain Marvel, but they cast Brie Larson, and the rest is uh, her story, as they say. Um, so that continues, but on the Mercedes in New Japan front, so remember it was like a big hubbub, and everybody's interested, and there were so many other memberships to New Japan World. Well, we haven't heard anything about that since. And I was reminded in the interim that New Japan World, like a lot of services, not Honor Club, but like a lot of services, offers a 30-day free trial. So maybe people just got the free trial to see Mercedes or maybe to see the uh, Wrestle Kingdom 17, the Osprey Omega match that a lot of fans of that style of wrestling were really high on. Maybe they kept it with her, but we haven't heard about any new membership numbers or that they've retained it. My guess is that they dropped like a stone. By the way, Mercedes Monet's debut at Wrestle Kingdom 41 was aired on the most recent New Japan Pro Wrestling episode. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll spoil it. We'll go to ratings now on New Japan. Their most recent week did 41,000, which was a substantial decrease from the week before. And, you know, so normally they do, you know, like 58,000 or they'll go to 50,000. They'll be Un- unreported, but you know, you know, then they'll bounce back to 48 or something like this. Well, 41 is the lowest I've ever seen for a reported uh, time. And just for context, the week before was 54,000 and they've been running stuff from Wrestle Kingdom 17. So these, these should be shows that they would be very attractive to people. And apparently they're not so attractive to people. Um, all right. So, you know, I don't know about Mercedes, but uh, Jojo, her, um, her former, uh, oh God, the Funkadelics, her former Funkadelics friend, among other things, um, you know, Loki said that, you know, she thinks that she might be open to returning at uh, WWE once. I think that also Bailey, uh, who Mercedes refers to as wifey, um, said that WWE is in her heart. So we'll see. Um, I was going to mention that an MLW, Mike Matt Stryker was back, but apparently that was only one episode or was one of those reruns that I didn't catch it was a rerun. So apparently not, but John Hennigan is back and him and Taya are now a new power couple. They're aligned with 
uh, Dario Cueto's alter ego and Cesar Duran, even though they keep talking about Boyle Heights and all that other good stuff. So um, Taya Valkyrie is the MLW women's middleweight champion. That is the only women's championship they have. So I don't know why they call it a middleweight championship, but she has that. She's playing a heel now, obviously. And John Hennigan just defeated Davey Richards, uh, you know, through chicanery with, with um, Cesar Duran, distracting the ref and Taya Valkyrie hit Davey Richards over the head with her belt while he was applying about the third in a row of, of um, submission holds on John Hennigan. Who's, uh, I don't even know what he goes by now. It's not Johnny fusion. It's, it, it, I, I don't know. It's not Johnny Lucha. It, it doesn't matter. We all know who he is. And so he is now the, I think, I think it's the open way champion. Hammerstone's still their champion. And, you know, it's still going back and forth with Fatu. Um, Cause that's really the only two guys that are there. Um, AW, if you don't know by now, has got to deal with ESPN two in Australia, New Zealand, and the Pacific islands, which cool for them. Um, but I'm guessing if you ever got the details of the contract, they would be very little, and, and they're just taking any deals because the whole thing with Ring of Honor was such a disappointment, just such a whiff. Uh, interestingly enough, WWE is now on TNT in, U- in the UK, um, which is a little bit bizarre if you think about it, e- even though these, these networks often have different divisions and different presidents, that are tr- and they treat it very differently um, than you know, than the U S counterparts. So, you know, obviously it's not a conflict, um, but it would be interesting to see if, if that grows and becomes a conflict um, one way or another. Um, all right. So we already know maximum male models are now on raw and recruiting OTs. Um, but Los Lotharios are, have also been moved to raw. We haven't seen them on raw yet, or at least I haven't. Um, but uh, you know, that, that, uh, be on the lookout for Los Lotharis to make their exciting comeback. Speaking of Honor Club, which I mentioned a few minutes ago, they just finished their tapings. Their first episode actually aired tonight. No, I didn't pay for it. No, I didn't watch it. No, I didn't watch it illegally, et cetera, et cetera. Um, some of the results were spoiled in one of the PWC shows. We did spoil them, but we gave spoiler warning, spoiler warning. Um, I'm not going to do that here. Just to remind people if they don't know that originally – it was going to be nine ninety nine a month for the TV and and the library, but also the pay per views, the Ring of Honor pay per views, were going to be aired on a thirty day delay. That's been removed, so you're you're not even getting the pay per views on this thirty day delay. Might they show up on a one year delay or two year delay? I I don't know, but um, you know the you know you have to pay for the pay per views to see them in in anything near real time. Um, so tapings for TV ended in February. Uh, they have at least four episodes. They taped about 20 matches. They aired four of them. So that sounds like it might be more like five weeks. And depending on how many matches per episode they are, the length of the matches, et cetera, it may be more. So we'll see. Um, as far as free agents are concerned, EJ Induka is an agent, uh, free agent. It was reported that AEW offered him a contract, also an indie talent that I saw. I forgot, I forgot her name, but it didn't say that either he nor she accepted that offer. And I haven't seen the so-and-so is all elite for either of them, uh, but I'm more interested in EJ and Duca anyway. Um, but so more to come. Jay White, his contract officially with New Japan ended. His last commitment was over. So he's a free agent. Speculation is that he's going to, he's WWE bound. I think that's true as well. I, 
you know, I, I think he sees that it's too cluttered in AEW and that he's not really going to break to that next level. And I think that's important to him is to break to that next level, not in, you know, match quality and, and five-star matches, but in becoming famous and getting big money and, and being exposed to a larger crowd and audience. And if in fact, you know, he has as good as people say he is, and he is good and he's got a personality. I mean, I'm, I'm not unfamiliar with Jay White's work. I mean, I saw him as a uh, young lion when he was on excursion uh, in ring of honor for at least a year. And, and I've seen him over the years, you know, I saw him on AEW. I've seen him in impact. I've, you know, I've seen him around. I've saw him on new Japan strong. I, you know, I watch more wrestling than I like, which is probably a sickness. Um, but yeah, that's what I think. I I don't think he'll debut until after WrestleMania, perhaps the raw after WrestleMania or SmackDown, but uh, you know, depending on who's on raw, I mean, I see him more on raw, uh, you know, for the reasons that Finn Balor's on raw, AJ Styles is on Raw when he gets back to being healthy, which will probably be a little bit after WrestleMania. Seth Rollins is on Raw. I mean, those seem to be the sort of the natural matches for him. Also, the Law and WWE, sort of your first feud is always with either Dolph Ziggler or The Miz. They're both on Raw. Uh, if not them, Baron Corbin. Well, Baron Corbin's also on Raw. So, you know, <laughs> it, it all checks. And, you know, Raw could use a little bit more excitement. It, it sort of ebbs and flows. Um other signings and news and notes. The Gun Club, they re-signed with AEW to a multi-year um, contract, so good for them. Uh, it was recently revealed, this might have been reported before, but I didn't know it. So Scorpio Sky apparently signed a five-year contract extension with AEW in 2021. Obviously, it's 2023 now. We haven't seen him on TV for probably a year, maybe more at this point. Um, but he's been at tapings. He's been there backstage. He was also at an Impact show backstage. Um they haven't released him, so they're paying him to do nothing. Okay. I mean, it's good work if you can get it. Um, Colby Carino, the son of Steve Carino, has signed with WWE. He'll be in NXT. Um, I've seen Colby Carino around. I've also seen him develop. He's worked on his body some. He's, you know, I, he had a fairly well-known battle with uh, addiction, and he's overcome it. Um, he's a good wrestler. He's a good talker. I think he's more of a manager type Uh maybe like a Robert Stone type, but, you know, hopefully more serious because that Robert Stone character is really tainted and tarnished, maybe beyond repair. Um, yeah, as a, as a lightweight, he's I'm sure he's a good wrestler. I, you know, everyone knows how I feel about lightweight wrestlers, but for those of you who like it or, you know, like that kind of thing, well, here, here comes another. Here comes another of, of your indie darlings in, into WWE, which, you know, I guess is a sign that the the old days are over and they are, you know, searching the Indies as well. Steve Carino's had a long relationship with WWE, not consistent, but a pretty long relationship, mostly with NXT as well as a trainer, et cetera. EC3's and NWA, nobody cares. Naito has signed with Noah. <laughs> uh, we've seen Mark Briscoe, you know, on AEW a couple times. He's also still with Ring of Honor. I guess he'll do double duty like many people. It's, you know, all elite doesn't mean all elite. People signed to Ring of Honor doesn't mean only Ring of Honor. Uh, though I think there's more people signed to Ring of Honor or, or on appearance with Ring of Honor that are exclusive to Ring of Honor than the reverse, except for Cole Cabana. I mean, you know, obviously you, you don't see him in AEW, and as far as I know, he wasn't part of the tape means with Ring of Honor, at least as uh, in-ring talent. Um, I actually ran into O'Shea Edwards at an indie show. I don't know if I said this, but it, he told me that that Shane Taylor, who, you know, O'Shea is part of Shane Taylor Promotions, um, was on a appearance deal with Ring of Honor, but that they were featuring him in, in videos and promos and, and vignettes and 
promotional stuff so that they all felt good that they would all be added in. And a lot of you know that Khan uh, was in uh, Chantal Approach and still is, you know, in real life. Uh, him and Moses were the soldiers of savagery. Uh, Khan is Bishop Khan, and he's part of the embassy, that group with Brian Cage. And I like to say Taya Leone, but it's it's Toa Leone. Um, Taya Leone being the actress from Madam Secretary and other things I can't remember. Returns. Thunder Rosa, sort of. Apparently she's still injured. And while she's recovering, she is working the Spanish announce table for AEW. I don't know if that's been a repeat thing. It, they made a big stink of it one week, and I haven't heard about it since. And, well, I listen on the English table because that's what I speak and that's what I understand. Um, so there it is. So maybe she's back, maybe she isn't, but at least she's in some role. All right, injuries. Allie has a broken face bone. No one's surprised. We all saw what happened with um, Tony Storm. I don't know whose fault it was. It, it, it just looked ugly. Anna Jay, we're not sure. She's out with an undisclosed injury. Ty Conti recently revealed that she has like a ruptured or, or bulging disc in her back, something like that, and that's keeping her out. She said she's been dealing with it for 10 years. Well, you know, I believe her when she says she's been dealing with it for 10 years, but she was a jiu-jitsu, you know, uh, member of the Olympic team for Brazil within the last 10 years. She was in NXT for several years. She was wrestling on AW television uh, a bunch and, and appearing, you know, on TV. Um, so why you ask is the exacerbation. Is it age? Is it bad luck? Or is it just that she got hurt, you know, wrestling with basically amateurs, you know, or that she is an amateur or whatever the case might be. I'm going to go with the latter. I'm a cynic. So, you know, that makes sense. Eddie Kingston. He, now he's been tweeting about his unhappiness. So Eddie Kingston until very recently he was in this weird story with the House of Black where him and Ortiz, their minds were being played with and him and Ortiz turned on each other and it looked like we would get a feud involving the House of Black. Ortiz uh, Ortiz saved Darby Allen, so Darby said, I have your back. Sting was like, I'm ride or die with you, let's do it. So it looked like we were going to get, you know, it, that was going to be the battle line. There was going to be Darby, Ortiz, Sting against the House of Black with, of course, Julia Hart uh, and her strong missed game. And, you know, the question would be like, where is Eddie Kingston aligning? Well, Eddie Kingston, you know, was tweeting how he hates everyone there. And that was a shoot. Um, so that story is dead. And so, you know, I, I guess they figured out that we shouldn't waste every shoot and we'll turn it into a work. So Eddie Kingston was part of the face of the revolution brass ring match, which apparently was not apparently was for a TNT title shot. I didn't know until that episode of Dynam was on, and neither did my co-host for the skirmish. <laughs> and I asked, nobody seemed to know what that was all about. Just like the Fatal Four Way, we, you know, the, the acclaimed claim their rematch spot in in the Fatal Four Way, even though there aren't supposed to be automatic rematches or rematch clauses in AEW contracts. Before we knew there was a Fatal Three Way, and so it, it was only until after that announcement that they even told us that there were these battle royals. And first, they just said it was a, a tag team battle royal. And I guess they figured out that they need two. So then they changed it to a casino battle royal. Anyway, point is, Eddie Kingston was in the face of the revolution match. And him and Ortiz got into it right away. And they, you know, you, you didn't see it because there wasn't much on camera. But, you know, they, they fought into the back or security had to break them up because it's a wrestling match and they can't possibly be fighting. Um, and they couldn't possibly do it in the ring. And then not 
on the show, but you know, it's been on social media. Obviously, purposely, Eddie Kingston was talking to Lexi Nair and saying, I quit AW, and then he walked out, and she's like, Oh, seriously? Okay. So, you know, of course it was already leaked that Eddie Kingston uh, you know, was basically moved to Ring of Honor. Demotion and is challenging Cesaro for the Ring of Honor World Championship. And everyone's going to say, oh, that's going to be wild. That's going to be off the hook. What about... Oh, shut up, all of you. Just shut up. <laughs> it's just, it, okay. If you really think that match is going to be a banger, if you th- really think Eddie Kingston is a great wrestler, fine. So be it. Um, but this is a demotion. And, you know, th- this is sort of like your last stop. And he's sort of perpetually unhappy. And, you know, I'm of a mixed mind because, you know, I obviously I'm very hard at AEW. I really think that they're culture in the back has gone from being, you know, all rainbows, unicorns, and sugar, but that was mostly false. And as more and more layers of falsehoods were dropped and more things became revealed and and obvious, um, that a lot of people have a right to be upset. Um, And they don't release anyone from their contracts, even though Eddie, uh, Tony Khan said, I'm not going to keep anyone here against their will. Meanwhile, he's got pretty much everyone there against their will who doesn't want to be there. See Andrade, see Miro, um, see Eddie Kingston now. Uh, Apparently FTR at this point. Yes, he's giving them time off. Um, You know, but uh, there have been others. I mean, there's plenty of people who were unhappy. Thunder Rosa was unhappy. Um, Lance Hoyt, well, Lance Harcher, he's been unhappy at times. There have been plenty of people complaining about the usage, and that's natural for wrestling. But Eddie Kingston seems to sort of be perpetually unhappy wherever he is, and maybe that's the reason why he hasn't stayed in any one promotion as long as he has with AEW. I I think he pretty much, you know, stays somewhere a few months to maybe a couple years, but most of those places they tape, you know, maybe eight or ten times a year, year, if even that. So they don't get sick of him. AEW is a little bit different. You're sort of you know, seeing the people at least once or twice a week and, and that's your primary job and you have to answer to, you know, uh, some sort of office to get some sort of approval for things and, you know, maybe he just doesn't play well with others or answer to authority. He's very public about his mental health and, you know, I'm sympathetic to that, but, you know, uh, you know, I also think that, you know, he's part of the problem. Anyway, so we'll watch that one, but he's on Ring of Honor now, so to speak, and, you know, perhaps temporary or perhaps permanent, who knows. Couple of other injuries, because that's what we were talking about. Um, both Dijak and Bray Wyatt have finger injuries. Dijak's already been in action again since. Um, so he looks like he's okay. Bray, he's been in action, but it's really the action of inaction mostly. And they've been splicing some sort of reruns like the Muscle Man dance and putting some new stuff in there. But, you know, he hasn't exactly been active. Uh, and, you know, Fingers can be painful, and, you know, this is, you know, hurting a, you know, listen, I'm as apologetic about, about Bray Wyatt, and I'm going to defend his character and his creativity, because when he's a genius, he is genius. But, you know, I, I understand what people are saying, and I understand that people aren't happy with the rollout and the character and the matches. The The pitch black match didn't make a whole lot of sense to me either, but, you know, you know, I, I don't get too caught up in stuff like that generally, especially when I'm a complete mark for the character and everything. Um, but this isn't helping anything. It's certainly not helping anything at all. JD McDonough, a detached or- orbital bone. Um, so, or detached retina rather. Uh, so anyway, that they're, they're putting that into the storyline and, and actually that's sort of interesting though. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, JD McDonough because of his size and 
you know, sort of his weirdness factor. I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, a favorite of mine, but he does his job well. He wrestles well. They, they seem to trust him, you know, with anyone. A lot of the newer wrestlers will have him do programs with them. And, you know, and him and Ilya Dragunov, who's also sort of always hurt, um, you know, should be interesting to watch. So anyway, detached retina. Hopefully that'll hear more quickly. Um, I want to talk about the Hall of Fame class for WWE, but frankly, there hasn't been a whole lot of news on it. I mean, I think that Batista is, you know, is pretty much assumed. Beyond that, there's been a lot of presumptions, but nothing's been announced um, that I can recall anyway. Uh, but, uh, you know, one has been, uh, you know, Michelle McCool, um, Undertaker's wife. Hope I got her first name right. Uh, also, Jazz recently said she wants to be part of the WWE Hall of Fame, and I wholeheartedly agree. She She deserves it. Um, in other title news, Tyrus retained the NWA title. And basically, if you looked at the pictures of the pay-per-view, it was basically at a dinner theater kind of setup. I mean, I, I've been to weddings where people of limited means paid for it them, themselves, you know, without any parental help or whatever. They were bigger or the same kind of setup as this, you know, minus the wrestling ring in one side of the room where a band might be or the DJ would be or the dance floor would be. But this this was a little bit sad. Um, Naomi on Twitter has officially changed her name to Trinity Fatu. I should have mentioned that before when we talked about the Mercedes and Trinity tour. Um, Conan, he's been defensive about booking Alberto Del Rio and Marty Skull, saying they're big stars and they make money. And shut up, Conan. Shut up. There's been other things he's been saying where I've been feeling like saying shut up, Conan. And I know this is bad because... Through PwC, we have a relationship with Hamim Media Group and Channel Attitude, and Conan has a relationship with them. But seriously, Conan, stop talking about how you know the business and, and other people shouldn't talk about the business, shouldn't tell people who've been in the business for decades how to, how to run the business. My retort to that is if you've been in a business for 40 years and have never been successful enough that you can provide for your own medical care and your own needs, and you've had to do multiple GoFundMes, you haven't able to secure health insurance for yourself in any way, shape, or form, you are not good at that business. You're just in it because you don't know how to do anything else. So I'm sorry. If, if there was a contractor who was doing crappy work for 40 years, that's not who you go to, to for advice. So maybe you would go to a business reorganization person who knows business principles. Maybe they don't know how to you know, hammer a nail straight into wood, but they know business principles. And, and I dare say that there's a lot of people with a lot more common sense than Conan. So he may have real life experience, but he doesn't seem to have learned from his mistakes because he's no more successful than he was before. Uh, he's still doing GoFundMe's as recently as I think a year ago. Um, I was like, yeah, kidneys are expensive. Yeah, they are. But you know what? Insurance covers that. Um, and there is this thing called, you know, the the Affordable Care Act. It ain't that affordable. It has very high deductibles. But guess what? He should be able to afford the high deductibles through keeping it 100 or whatever the hell else he's on in his other promotions. Maybe he's not a, maybe he's not a U.S. citizen. I don't know. Or, you know, or a legal resident. I, I assume he must be either a permanent resident or on a work visa. Um, you know, he's, he's here all the time. So, you know, he could have, he probably has dual citizenship or at least a permanent resident status here. And you can, you can apply for coverage there. Um, you know, he should be able to as a, as a responsible adult. Luckily enough for him, I guess he's getting close to Medicare age, but not quite yet. All right. 
The Hurt Business, we've seen Cedric and, and uh, Shelton and Cedric with MVP. They've actually won a couple matches on TV, one on Raw, uh, you know, though they've, they're also spending time on main event, but a guy can hope, right? And I think this match with Omos and Brock is going to lead to, you know, MVP obviously was injured and he's going to want retribution. So I'm hoping that Cedric and Shelton will play some role in that as well as MVP. Maybe his walking stick, you know, knock Brock in the head with it or, you know, hit him in the side of the, you know, the temple with it or his knee or whatever and almost gets the win. There was a whole bunch of controversy on this where the same sources or a lot of the same sources were reporting completely different stories. You know, for a day it was Vince booked it. Oh, Vince is back. And, you know, everyone's yelling, see, Vince is back. He's never left. You guys are all so stupid, so naive. All of you are dummies. The next day he was saying, no, no, you know, you know, Vince might have had some influence in it or Vince might have talked to Brock or Brock might have talked to Vince, but AAA is still booking it. And Nick Khan said the same thing, which is, you know, probably the, the reasonable truth of it. And then the, the the next day, the news is that Brock nixed the program with Bray. Uh, Brock nixed about he didn't want to do another match with Bobby Lashley. Uh, he didn't want to do this. He didn't want to do that. And then someone said almost. And he's like, yeah, I'll do almost. Did he call Vince first and ask for his advice and say, what do you think, big man? Yeah, you know, do that match. Now everyone thinks that Brock's going to squash almost. I, I think the opposite. I, I think that almost is going to win. I think the whole thing is that Brock is going to put over the young giant. Uh, I hope that's the case. If if not, he's just Goldberg, right? Uh, you know, but Brock's more of a mercenary. They, they, they'll pay him his cut and he'll do what he thinks is smart. And at this point he knows he doesn't need to win matches. If he goes away for six weeks and comes back or four months or whatever, the crowd's going to go crazy for, for him anyway. And they can insert him into anything as a monster, as a face, as a heel, he can do whatever he wants. So this story I think got way overblown, but of course anything with the scent of Vince on it gets way overblown. I am telling you, whatever you want to think, Vince is not fucking up the prospect of a sale and SEC and state regulatory investigation and charges. Martha Stewart did time as an old woman. Vince McMahon will too. He, I know you think he's above the law. I know you think he thinks he's above the law, but he's not. You want proof of that? He just settled a whole bunch of sexual harassment claims, all sorts of things like that. WWE also settles pretty much every single shareholder's derivative suit. Every single one. They'll fight the things like the concussion suit. Of course he fought the steroid case. That was a criminal case. That was a whole different thing in a whole different era. They weren't a publicly traded company then either, and he, and he would have had to fought it. But they're a bigger fish to fry here. He's expecting to get several billion dollars out of, you know, out of this as the majority shareholder. He's not playing around to book one match for Brock Lesnar and WrestleMania and, and ruin all that. I assure you that that is bigger than one match and he, and he's not playing. I know everyone wants to think that Vince is still the boogeyman out there and everything that Triple H does wrong is really Vince's influence. No, Tri- Triple H isn't that different than Vince. He's been there for 20, 25 years learning under Vince, also influenced by his wife, who's also learned under Vince. And he's done things the Vince way. And does he want to irritate his father-in-law? Probably not. Do they speak? Of course they do. Um, but Triple H is booking this. Uh, it's not Vince booking it. And I've said a bunch of times that Triple H's booking is, at times, the worst instincts of Tony Khan and Vince put together. You'll have some of the same dopey, goofy comedy, which is entirely consistent with DX comedy, um, sometimes worse. 
Uh, and these returns and these, you know, these surprise returns of people that aren't really surprises. And when they come, the real surprise is that nobody knows who they are and nobody cares. Um, so, you know, has it been better? Yes, it's been better, much better. Um, has he not killed the bloodline and has he even made that story better or let Paul and, and whatever the team is make it better? Yes. Has he done good things like take LA Knight away from maximum male models? Yes. Did that do better things for LA Knight? A few months ago, I would have said yes. Right now, not so sure. Um, other things. I mean, you know, this thing with Lita, not so good. Damage control, not so good. I mean, there's been hits and misses. No booker is perfect, including Triple H. Um, so it hasn't been better yet. But, you know, is it the difference between night and day? In my opinion, it is not the difference between night and day. It's maybe the the difference between pre-dawn and you know, five minutes after dawn, um, which is good. That's better. Listen, I always say in wrestling that that if you like or love 50 to two-thirds of it, that's terrific. That's Hall of Fame. If you don't like one-third of it, as long as you don't hate the entire one-third of it, again, that's Hall of Fame numbers. You know, hopefully you only hate like 10 or 15%. And, you know, things that you bitch and complain about critique without actually hating them. That's fine too. You know, that's, that's fun. Everyone's like, if you don't like it, just don't watch it. No. I mean, sports radio has been built on fans complaining about what the coach does or the player does or the left tackle doesn't do or this, that, and the other thing, their entire industries. What's Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp doing? What, what, what is, what the people on pardon the interruption do for years? This, this is part of our makeup. This is what fandom does. If you don't care about it, you don't complain about it. So it's supposed to elicit an emotion. Anyone who remembers the COVID era when there were no fans there and there was silence, that was killing wrestling. So, you know, everyone, you're allowed to criticize things that you like. I mean, that's part of the fun of it is that you like it enough that you're paying enough attention to find things to critique, to, to nitpick about. Um, you know, some people just do it better than others, like me. I'm great. Uh, and I do it without cursing in every sentence. So more yay me. All right. The Royal Rumble Peacock viewership was apparently 2 million domestic viewers. So we'd have no idea what that is internationally. We have no idea whether that's households or they sort of extrapolated people, but apparently that was up 50% from the year before and Peacock is pleased about that. They call that live and same day, meaning so you watched it live or you watched it the same day on delay, but you said start from the beginning. Um, which was the beginning of a whole bunch of weird stats put out. One was by, I think, TBS itself or Warner uh, Discovery Warner Brothers, who said that AW Dynamite accounted for 4 million viewers every Wednesday night. And apparently they accounted every individual impression view for every minute of Dynamite, but they also included from 7 to 8 and from... 10 to either 11 or 10 to 12 in that, and that dynamite had some impact on that, which seems to me to be rather generous and strange. One person per minute, that seems to be counting, you know, like me, for instance, you'd be counting me 120 minutes, 120 times. So that, that seems a little bit ridiculous. Um, also, we know that the Big Bang Theory routinely draws more viewers than dynamite. And, and usually, lead the lead in the first one or two quarters of dynamite are the largest piece of the big bang theory and often precipitately 
drops right away when people who are watching the Big Bang Theory to watch the Big Bang Theory and just left the room or left the TV on, realize it and turn it off either two minutes into it or, or 11 minutes into it or 17 minutes into it or whatever, or whatever the case might be. Um, so, I mean, it really might be more the big bang theory effect, which Hey, that could just be called the big bang theory too, 2.0. Um, anyway, that, that, that was weird. And now like everyone's doing that. So now they're extrapolating that, you know, WWE programming, you know, has, 14 million impressions, you know, and then, you know, uh, you know, on Mondays and Friday nights and, you know, they're counting from 7 PM to 11 and, you know, whatever, apparently you can just do whatever you want. Now uh, it doesn't fool anybody who's really in the business. It doesn't fool the ad buyers. It doesn't fool the network. They're just trying to, you know, do something to promote it. it, it you know, it, it's just something to talk about. Speaking of something to talk about, we have Michael Elgin going off again. Some of you don't even know who Michael Elgin is. He's an indie wrestler. He was in Ring of Honor for a while. He ran his own promotion. He faced some sexual harassment and other abuse allegations. He denied them. He spent some time in Japan. He also spends a lot of time on social media. If you've been a long-time listener of the show, you know that his name pops up every four or five months when he does something weird, like disappearing for days at a time and nobody can get a hold of him. He just seems like one of those guys who's sort of on the brink. Either he's looking for attention by being like sort of like a false hermit, like pretending he's Ron Swanson but really wanting attention, or he's really on the brink of of hurting others or himself. And, you know, I don't I don't want to make any predictions here, you know, in this overly PC and and you know you say something and you're causing it to happen by putting the, this, this energy into the universe. But I'm going to go with the latter. It, he, he seems to be spiraling downward. His son doesn't want anything to do with him. And he does these like basically these speeches to his son, but he has a very odd view on the relationships between men and women and how men show and receive love and how women show and receive love. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's bizarre. It, it's like some Andrew Tate shit. I don't I don't know. You have to listen to it to yourself. And if you don't think it's weird, you need to reevaluate your, your position on, on things like really. Um, anyway, he's troubled and, you know, I know he's not a big deal in wrestling anymore if he ever was. Um, but you've probably seen him somewhere, whether it was an impact or again, ring of honor or in India or whatever the case may be. But, uh, just, follow news about him, maybe follow him on Instagram or something or TikTok, wherever he does his videos, watch them and, you know, let us know what's going on because I'm not predicting good things. Oh, the other stupid thing Conan did was he talked about Takeshita. He made a whole big deal that, that Takeshita shouldn't have done the frog splash in El Paso or Laredo, which are Southern cities in Texas near the, near the Mexican border. One of them's right on the border. I think Laredo, um, without paying homage to Eddie Guerrero. Fuck you, Conan. I know I just proudly said I don't curse that much on TV, I on, on the shows, and I don't. But when I do, it, it's for a reason. It's for emphasis. I mean, maybe it's joking around with friends or whatever. Not in this case. Um, that's bullshit. Eddie Guerrero didn't invent the frog splash. He's not the only person who can do the frog splash. You know, we, you know, RVD famously did a frog splash. Seth Rollins does a frog splash right now. Montez Ford does an amazing frog splash. I mean, lots of people do the frog splash. And yes, some of them do the Eddie shuffle out there, which is either pain montage, but I mean, let's, let, I mean, not montage, homage. Um, I've said it's getting irritated. Everybody's doing it. Like, you know, everyone's paying tribute to Eddie Guerrero ever since single time. And I'm sure people say, shut up, Jeff. 
I get what you're coming from, but seriously, I mean, if you're always playing, paying tribute, is it really a tribute? Is it a tribute to them or is it just to get a pop? Um, you know, tribute should mean something and people can fool themselves into thinking that they're doing something for the right reasons. But I have a feeling that a lot of these folks are just doing it to get a pop from the crowd and, you know, get it, get it here. Anyway, point is, Takesta doesn't need to do that. He doesn't need to pay homage. It doesn't matter where he is. It doesn't matter he was close to Mexico. Uh, by the way, Texas is in the United States. So, the, you know, even if that is a Mexican tradition, which I doubt very much, because I know there's plenty of Mexican wrestlers that did the frog slash before and have, and have done it since. Um, this is another shut up Conan moment. It, just be quiet. Oh, and then he pretended the next day that he was making a joke. And some of his buddies like Disco Inferno uh, were saying, couldn't you tell it was a joke? The joke's on you if you didn't know it was a joke. Anybody listening to that show with half a brain would know it wasn't a joke. I mean, they asked him to repeat it many times. Are you talking about the, from a racial aspect? He's like, yeah, racial, racial. There was no joking. Nobody was laughing, or if there was any laughter, it was sort of like uncomfortable laughter because they, they, they you know, nervous. They didn't really know how to react. They weren't sure if he was, you know, where he was coming from. But he was, he was dead serious. And listen, they joke around plenty on that show, and I hear clips too. I don't listen to the show, but Steve does, and he plays clips and makes me listen to clips sometime, and they, they circulate around social media. You can tell when those guys are joking around and having a good time. And you can tell when they're not. He wasn't. This was serious. So shut up, Conan. You should have just apologized, taken your L, and walked him back. He couldn't because he's prideful. Um, and thus ends my war against Conan for the night. Uh, Tom Latimer is the NWA TV champion. Uh, I think he defeated Jordan Clearwater, um, who now seems to be aligning with EC3. Uh, EC3 has aligned himself with a group called The Church, which has Black G's, um, who... Maybe about a year ago, there was some footage going around on an indie show where there was a short, stocky African-American wrestler getting into it with a fan. I think the fan started it, and you know, and so that was sort of a big thing. That's Black G's, um, and it's BLK. Uh, well, usually. I mean, he probably uses a different variation on the indies than he does in NWA. I, I mean, I've seen him under different names. Uh, Tyrus was in this group for a bit, but he seems to have split with them, though it's not entirely clear, and NWA programming is not consistent enough. Uh, to really know, but uh, it looks like they've aligned with EC3 and EC3, you know, sort of challenging Tyrus, um, although Cardona is sort of in the picture, though it seems like he's being written off TV. His friend Mike Knox just turned on him uh, in a bout with Bully Ray, a guy he was feuding with, sort of. Um, it was it was sort of like the MJF thing where uh, Bully Ray had to get through Mike Knox to get to Cardona. Um, so, you know, you know, Bully Ray is like the top face there, but strangely they're making Tyrus into sort of a face now, which is sort of odd in and of itself. It, it sort of works for him though. He's sort of like the no nonsense, I'll fight anybody kind of thing. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Guy just turned 50. It, the whole thing is odd. Um, anyway, Tom L- Latimer's there and uh, oh, EC3 uh, with CYN. And, and so they asked Jordan Clearwater, you know, are you interested in joining CYN? He's like, yeah, I don't really know what that is. And then EC, then then the interviewer asked EC three, "Well, what do, what do you think about that?" And he's like, "It's like NWA is the rock upon which I will build my church." You know, basically uh, talking about Jesus and Peter, the rock. So swell. All right, so all cool there. Um, they are adding an NWA Women's TV Championship. Like they need more titles. There's like six women there, uh, and we're talking. We're including Angela Lena Love, who's more of a valet at this point. Um, but they're having a tournament right now, so yay. Um, uh, La, Re- La Rosa Negra, who some of you may remember, 
from just wrestling, but probably most of you remember from the Tessa Blanchard controversy. She she was the, the wrestler who alleged that Tessa made a racial slur to her, I believe, in Puerto Rico. Um, anyway, she is challenging Camille for the NWA women's uh, title. So, you know, that's the exciting stuff that's going on there. And the Renegade Twins, they were the NWA World's Tag Team Women's Champions for one show. And then they lost to uh, Pretty Envy or whatever the, that, t- that tag team calls themselves. But interestingly enough, there's like four of them now, and it wasn't the original bunch. It was uh, it was like the sister of, of the one who's usually uh, uh, in the ring. So I don't know if anyone cares. I don't. But there's, there's now two new um, sets of NWA tag team women's champions since last we met. Uh, on Kenny Omega, I think sort of the writing's on the wall for him. I, unless there's a lot of reparations made, I think he's just going to ride out this contract, do the trios thing, see what he does. Um, I think he also wants to work, you know, a less taxing physical schedule, maybe more time on the road, but less, less of the crazy moves. And I think he wants to see if he can get famous, if he can, you know, get to like Seth Rollins level. I think he knows he'll never get to Roman Reigns level. I mean, I'm not sure Roman Reigns ever thought he would get to Roman Reigns level. You know, Roman Reigns, I think is, has top Brock now, but the, you know, those are probably the only two close to household names that are active wrestlers, unless you count John Cena. Um, I don't even know who would be next. Maybe Jericho. I, you know, I'm not sure. Um, Anyway, the, you know, but I think he would like to do the Jay White thing, take the Jay White journey. And by the way, that that would be fun too. Are they friends? Are they enemies? Finn Balor, AJ Styles, same thing. You know, yeah, you could do an insta thing with with uh, Seth, and the, and the same thing with Jay White. The you know the law is start with the Miz, you know, or Corbin or Dolph. With with these guys, probably I would prefer Dolph or the Miz, just just for the promos. I mean, Corbin is just a palooka at this point, um, but. I think that's what's going to happen with, with Kenny O. Sorry. You know, and already we're hearing AW fans saying AW will be just fine without him. I mean, if it was a normal promotion, I'd say that's true, but they do have a small amount of fans, but a loud amount of fans. And it probably accounts for 50 to a hundred thousand of the fans that are die heartily. And we know that that promotion lost a lot of steam when Cody left. Imagine the psychological blow. If two of the four founding members, left. And although FTR, FTR were not founding members, they were sort of like the epitome of people unhappy in WWE who found success and really loved it and flourished in AEW. And they did until they didn't. Now, maybe they're Eddie Kingston's too. Maybe they're perpetual complainers as well. Who knows? But if they leave also, that's going to be another psychological blow. Um, and I think the psychological blow will not just be in the locker room, but in the fandom and it'll, it'll crack away. And, you know, they finally cracked over a million last week, barely like a million 23 or whatever, but that show was horrible. And this week was the go home show before revolution. And this show while being a mess and being bad was not nearly as horrible as the week before, but people tune into a show usually because of what happened the week before, not, you know, they don't know the show is going to be horrible or great when they, when they turned it on. So a lot of people tuned out. Maybe they were tuning in for Tony Khan's big announcement, which was not a big announcement, by the way. By at, at this point, you all know what his announcement was. Um, so, 
you know, it was another one of his bait and switches. What's like Brian being being told he could work the G1 and he was never allowed to work the, the G1 and Brian being told that, you know, yeah, he could do indies. And when he wanted to debut in a Seattle indie, they said, nah, we want you to you know be on AW in Seattle first. And he had to wait like a full year plus to, before they got to Seattle for him to work an indie show in Seattle just because, you know, Tony's a liar. He just is. And, and listen, that's fine. He's the boss. You know, this is a carny business. Carnies are going to carny. I, what bothers me are the fans who defend them at every turn uh, and act like he's a saint and perfect. If you just said, yeah, he's another ship promoter like every other ship promoter, I'm backing off, bub. You know, as long as we all recognize that, you know, if you love the product and you love certain wrestlers that I don't, you know, I may not respect your opinion, but I'm going to respect in the way that I'm not, not going to mock you for it. I mean, uh, any everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'm not going to get crazy about someone's opinion unless you get crazy on me. But you're not entitled to alternative facts. And just the the, the list of factual misstatements and misactions by Tony Khan, starting with the grandiose that everyone will be employees and everyone will get health insurance, you know, you know, and on down. I mean, it's basically like that that gif of when Jericho was reading the list of all his his thousand you know holds of Jericho. Um, or 1,004 holds to top Dean Malenko's 1,000. Um, I mean, you could have a scroll that long with, with you know, little and big little lies and, and misstatements of Tony Khan. Meanwhile, sp- speaking of one of those, he, he said that he was um, very impressed and very happy with uh, certain wrestlers that it, it doesn't seem like it's. By the way, FTR, uh, they, they were putting over Sean Spears, who now I think is 41 or so, and has never been a star anywhere, and they're saying he's going to do such big things. No, he's not. Sorry, he's not. He's not going to be doing big things. And he is a free agent. His contract expired like a year ago. No one talked about it. And then when he showed up at the Toronto show as, as enhancement talent for one night with a pinnacle reunion, minus MJF, everyone thought he was still on the contract, just, you know, being an agent. No, he was just hired for the night, same as Stu Grayson. Um, so that's sort of most of the news. Uh, we've got Roadblock coming up next week on NXT. Uh, frankly, I didn't bring up the card, uh, but it actually looked like a pretty big one and a pretty good card. I think it's going to be fun, NXT. Two weeks ago, NXT was a bad show. But this past Tuesday, it was delightful. It was great. And by the way, it was more women wrestling than men wrestling. Uh, and this is coming from me. Just NXT, when they get it right, it's just so easy to digest. And I don't want to call it corny. I think all wrestling has a little bit of corniness. And, and NXT does too. And so does AEW, like Orange Cassidy and then, you know, uh, uh, Danhausen and that stuff. That It's corny. Um, NXT is like campy. It's more campy than corny, which has some corniness embedded into it, but it's it, it's almost like you're you're watching you know you're watching a soap opera and not like a drama that's going to get Emmys you know maybe daytime Emmys um, you know it's like watching a Hallmark movie instead of you know watching a you know an Oscar worthy movie in the theaters you sort of know what you're going to get and and when they do it right it's just so easy to, to digest so Shawn Michaels has said yes he's going to accept Grayson Waller's invitation to the to the Waller effect or the Grayson Waller effect Shawn is not going to fight Grayson Waller. Uh, at Stand and Deliver during, um, you know, during, during WrestleMania. There's going to be a champion. 
uh, that's going to come out for him, like a Galahad or, or you know, Gwen or Lancelot. He's, he's going to have a champion, uh, like uh, like Tyrion Lannister did, uh, you know, at the Eyrie uh, when Bronn said he would stand for the little man. Um, some have speculated that it would be Johnny Gargano. Hell, that does make a lot of sense. I got to tell you, uh, jo- Johnny Gargano is an NXT guy, which means he's an HBK guy. Uh, NXT fans love Johnny Gargano. Grayson Waller is the one who put Johnny Gargano on the shelf, the injury angle when Johnny Gargano was about to come out free agent and nobody knew where he was going to pop up. So if he came back, he, you know, my unfinished business with Grayson Waller. If he didn't come back, he was injured. You never saw him again. The end. So that makes sense. I don't think so though, because they don't tend to take people from the main roster and bring them back to NXT unless they've been on the main roster for a while and are either somewhat established or they're so unestablished that it's like just putting them anywhere else will do it. And Johnny Gargano, while I think he's been mostly a flop, it's still very new, and I think it's too new to do that. I don't know what Ciampa's status is, but if he's healthy, I think his start in, in, on the main roster was pretty piss poor, and I think him coming in XC would be a nice shot of adrenaline for him. And he makes almost as much sense as Gargano. He's absolutely an NXT guy, you know, which means he's probably a HBK guy. The crowd would go crazy for him. And it wouldn't really seem like a demotion. It would seem like it's a homecoming and he's going to kick someone's ass. And then maybe it'd be a little bit of momentum for the main roster. Doubt it, but that, that could be the theory behind it. I really think it's going to be one of the new signings though. I, I think it's, I think it's going to be Dragon Lee. Um, cause they signed him a while ago. He is an amazing luchador. Um, we haven't seen him yet. So what better spot than this? But I wouldn't be surprised if it was any of the three guys. And I think the first person who said Gargano was that, that I heard anyway was Don Tony. So credit to him for coming up with that. I don't know if I would have thought about it on my own, but I certainly didn't come up with it first. Chop, I think uh, I haven't heard anyone say it. That that doesn't mean anything. I don't listen to 2,000 wrestling podcasts a week, but I see Twitter and you know most of the things that fly around. Not all, but most. Um Plenty of people said Dragon Lee. I think I said Dragon Lee on other shows before. Um, but I think that would be a good spot for him. Um, other matches, well, you know, I know that uh, there's JC Jane and Gigi Dolan. I know we're going to get the jailhouse uh, fight match between D'Angelo and Dijak. Um, uh, Wesley has a match for the life of me. I can't remember who it is against. Uh, I wish I could. Um, it's not Dijak again. It, it, it's an evildoer. It's a bad guy. Um, whoever it is, I can't believe it's escaping me. I feel like such a dimbo right now. I could look it up. I'm on, I'm actually online, but I'm not going to. Um, I think Nash Carter may come back and Nash Carter may come back as a heel, not as a face, uh, sort of saying to Wesley, you know, where were you? Where were you when I needed you? Which by the way, Wesley in real life was there. You know, he supported his friend. But it's a great wrestling story, and it could cost Wesley his uh, North American championship, which, you know, that would be okay because, you know, you know the, the few with Nash Carter would be great. And, you know, then when they make up, that will be great too, and then they can go to the main roster or something. But I don't know if that's the case. That may be just wish casting. But uh, um, anyway, I could I could see the change. Um, I think we got Carmelo Hayes. Um, Fighting, jeez, oh, I really should have pulled up the card. You know what? I'm going to stop talking about NXT now. Most of you don't even care. So we have um, Revolution coming up this week. So let, let's talk about that a little bit. 
I actually think this is an extremely predictable card. I don't have the card up, but all the young people should win. Adam Page should defeat John Moxley. MJF should and will defeat Brian Danielson. Will it be with some sort of shenanigans, probably the diamond ring or whatever? Yes, of course it will. Um, Jungle Boy will defeat Christian Cage. Is it a buried alive or a casket match or a graveyard match or a cinematic match? Who knows? It looked like they were leading up to that, but no one said it. Um, oh, by the way, the Moxley Adam Page match is a Dex, death, Texas death match or stay with the new mouth. Um, the show is not a Texas, by the way, as, as you all know. So why it's a Texas death match, I don't know, but all right, not important. Um, we have the elite versus the house of black. The elite are going to win the house of black, you know, I mean, unless something very different has happened with buddy Matthews and his disposition towards the company, uh, I can't see them winning. And this has not been a feud. And of course they had this silly segment where the elite were coming out to their carry on my wayward son. The lights went out behind them. The house of black was standing there. Ooh, spooky. The elite were frozen, but they turned around. They knew we were there. The lights go back off. You hear like, you know, pow, bang, thud, Zooey from like the old Batman Adam West show. Lights come back on and apparently the elite could not defend themselves. And it took only five seconds for them to be completely, um, you know, immobilized where they could no longer defend themselves or even get up off the floor um, because they're just that tough. And the House of Black held the titles over their heads and are now possessing the titles and cutting weird promos, which don't say anything. Um, so, of course, the the elite will get their titles back. Um, the most unpredictable match, I think, is the Fatal 4-Way because it is a Fatal 4-Way. Just by the way, in the Casino uh, Battle Royal, there were a whole bunch of teams. It was wacky. This was a mess of a match. But I like all Battle Royals, so I almost like this one. By the way, the, the the ladder match was a bit of a mess and a spot fest. Some of the spots were sick, absolutely sick. Now, that is in the good way and the bad way. Were they cool to look at? Were they fun to look at? Yes. Should they have been done? No. But most press is, is being uh, delivered to when Hobbs was climbing up the, the ladder to get the brass ring, which, by the way, he did, and it's for a TNT title shot, um, which, by the way, Wardlow will win. Samoa Joe is all over the Ring of Honor tapings. He's the Ring of Honor TV champion. That's where he's going to be spending most of his time. They never really should have taken the belt off of uh, Wardlow. The whole thing with Ward Joe was a mistake. The the two title reigns with Darby were silly. Uh, I mean, we got some good matches out of it. I actually, you know, I'm not a really match guy, but I enjoyed two out of the three matches with Joe and Darby uh, quite a bit. Um but it, it's weird. Everything they've done with Wardlow is weird. The hair is weird. I mean, the whole thing is talking about my father loved his hair, and that's the one thing I had in common with him, and I was growing out my beard and my hair. Well, three-quarters of his head was shaved, and Joe didn't touch that, and he didn't touch his beard. He just cut his man mullet off, and now Wardlow's growing his hair back, and it, and it looks like he's just growing like a regular flat top, or, you know, he's still cutting it short on the side and the back, and I think he's even trimmed the beard, so... You know, the, the, the story, as, as good as the story might have been, it's, it's not consistent with what he's actually doing with his head, um, which, you know, these are details that matter. I mean, if it's really a tribute to his father, then he should be growing his hair out, right? I mean, uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, Wardlow will win. Um, I, I, you know, which, which means that Hobbs will have a match probably next Wednesday, you know, for the title. I hope he wins. Uh, and this is not anti-Wardlow, but, I mean, this whole thing with Wardlow has been so weird. It's almost like he needs a reset, or maybe he just needs to go somewhere else when his contract's up, whenever that is. Um, but, I, you know, 
Hobbs hasn't really held the title. The FTW title doesn't count, despite the fact that nowadays it sort of does. Um, but uh, anyway, so Wardlow's going to win. Hobbs won the title, but the, the spot was that the, the ladder was busted. Um, and there were a bunch of other ladders around ringside, but uh, maybe they were busted or, you know, people were using them for props or maybe, you know, they felt that bringing in a new ladder and, and taking the other one out would have taken too much time. And, you know, all of the other wrestlers were busy, you know, or hurt, but they weren't that busy or hurt. They shouldn't have noticed that and come back into the ring. Whatever it was, the ladder was unstable. One of the refs came in to stabilize it. I guess he realized he needed help. And the other two refs came in to stabilize it. And listen, the visual of it looks dopey. It it really does look dopey. And, you know, but they're saying, listen, should we have let the ladder break and him fall on his head? The answer is no, they should not have. And, and this is not the first time refs have helped in lots of promotions ensure the safety of wrestlers. I mean, that's one of the jobs of the refs. But especially in AEW, I mean, they've done this before where they've held ladders before. I mean, typically the refs stabilize it. So this is company policy. This is promotion policy. Like it or not, this is what they do. And I know that there were a lot of crazy moves in this match where people look like they were going to break their backs and break their necks, but they didn't. Whether it's by luck or skill, I don't know, but there's something to be said for the difference of a controlled fall and an uncontrolled fall, especially one where there's metal or some composite hard material involved. So anyway, listen, they made a judgment call. It looked dopey, but like the almost match in WrestleMania with Brock, this is people looking for a controversy that it doesn't need to be a big controversy. And, you know, hopefully by the time you hear the show, it's done being a controversy. Um, so, yeah. So Wardlow winning his title back. Um, Jungle Boy winning whatever this match is. I, you know, I assume it'll be a casket match or a buried alive match where they have a giant box with dirt in it, just no casket. I mean, they couldn't have gone through all that for any other kind of match. Um, said MJF be, uh, defeating um, uh, um, Brian, Brian Danielson. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, the women's match. So this this is the three-way match. Uh, uh, Ruby Soho made it be known that she's not on anyone's side. She punched out both Soraya and Jamie Hayter this week, and then they were all fighting together in the three-way. Um, if all of my other predictions come true, AEW is returning to their roots and giving their homegrown talent titles and their young younger stars titles over the older generation. I don't know if this card was booked this way by accident or if it was part of a larger plan, but it just seems to have worked out that way. And I think they should embrace it by having all of their quote unquote homegrown originals or close enoughs uh, win titles. Um, I don't think Soraya is going to win the title. Frankly, her, it, she hasn't been that successful. It, you know, her wrestling isn't that good. She isn't that popular. She hasn't been a game changer. Uh, people are not into the matches. They're not into this angle. The spray paint stuff has been laughable at times. Um, I don't see really any reason for Hater to lose the belt. My only hesitation is that she's still very much Britt Baker's sidekick. And that's, not necessarily Jamie Hayter's fault. It's Booking's fault, but Britt Baker basically books herself. So it's really her fault. And it's Jamie Hayter's fault for letting her do it. I mean, we've maybe seen Jamie Hayter give promos or come out to the ring individually, maybe an aggregate of four or five times since she's had that title. Um, if they intend to build up a third woman, because let's face it, there's only two women who are truly over in that promotion, and that's Britt Baker and Jade Cargill. Um, 
Jamie Hayter's a distant third, but she's sort of over. And, and there are times when, the, I mean, the crowd sort of pops for Rio. I think it's just because she's so small and whatever. But I, I don't think that, yeah, you know, she obviously isn't a mover of merchandise of, of pay-per-view buys of people tuning into the TV, et cetera. I think there's just a core audience that, that sort of, you know, pops for her and, and Cheetah, you know, Emi Sakura and Maki Ito and, you know, whenever the Joshi wrestlers come to town. Um, I think Jamie Hayter should retain. I would not be surprised if Ruby Soho does. They're trying to pretend that she's been there so long. She's also an insider. It hasn't been two years <laughs> and she's been injured as often as she's been active. So, I mean, she's been injured twice. So, so she, you know, probably has earned it in blood and broken bones. Um, I just don't get why you take it off hater unless they really are disappointed with the performance of ratings during women's quarters. But Ruby's been in a lot of those angles and a lot of those matches, especially the last few weeks. And, and the women's quarterlies have not been any improved because of her. So it's not like we're, we're putting in a new variable here. So I'm going to go with Hayther retains. Asterix wouldn't be surprised if Ruby, you know, gets the title because why not? But it's not going to be Soraya, which of course probably guarantees it is Soraya, but Jamie Hayter is my prediction for those keeping score. All right. I think I got sidetracked off the tag team match because that one probably is the most complicated or the the most difficult. What's not difficult, it's not going to be Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. They're there to ring general. They don't even belong in this match. This is like their fourth title shot within the last five weeks. It's really, truly absurd, you know, whether they won a battle royal or not. Um, I am fearful that Danhausen and Orange Cassidy will win and Orange Cassidy will be double champion. Tony Khan loves Orange Cassidy beyond comprehension. He thinks he's a draw. Orange Cassidy was a draw for like three weeks on television. And, you know, and this was back when Jericho was hot and, you know, he was the demo god and really was. And he hasn't been since either. But um, Orange Cassidy has sort of consistently been in some of the lowest rated quarters. Probably, you know, if he's in a badly rated quarter to a positively rated quarter as far as viewership is concerned, I would say it's eight to two for badly rated for low end viewership quarters. I know he sells a lot of merch. There's a lot of kids who buy his t-shirts. I know Tony Khan loves them. He loves the little wrestlers because it reminds him of himself and makes him, you know, think that he could beat people up and, and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, and when best friends got beaten up by the guns and, you know, the sort of firm, um, I knew that they were going to be the fourth team in there. I just didn't know that they were going to say that, Trent and Chucky e. T were not medically cleared from basically a minor beatdown a few days earlier, but that Dan Housen got hit in the head with a cast and Orange Cassidy, who just barely skated away by beating Big Bill, which is absurd in and of itself. But Big Bill, as far as I know, is not all elite or Ring of Honor. I think he's still an appearance talent. I don't remember ever seeing the Big Bill or W. Morrissey is all elite banner. If I'm wrong, someone send it to me at Eric Grisfell, MD or at Hammerlock HO on Twitter. Uh, or you can uh, post it in the Hammerlock Hangover Facebook uh, page, or you can send it to Steve at Big Daddy Cool. Um, you know, whatever. I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I, you know, happy for the guy to have a job um, or a steady job ish. Uh, anyway, I, I, you know, so putting you know that threw a little wrench into it, but I think that's just for comedy spot, spots. I don't think Best Friends is going to get the titles. I can't rule it out. Um, the guns probably should retain because they just got the titles. I mean, it would sort of be why didn't they? But 
I think AW made a mistake when they took the titles off the acclaimed. It was too soon. Um, the acclaimed were a hot act. I already feel like they're sort of cooling off, but not quite yet. And I don't want them to make the mistake they did with the acclaimed that they did with Wardlow, where they where they cooled them off, cooled them off, cooled them off, and didn't really know what to do with them. And then he was sort of stuck in this miasma, which he still, frankly, is sort of stuck with the miasma. But the crowd still likes him. The fans still want to get behind him. So he's got to win that title to to show some credibility. At some point, it's up to him. He's got to cut better promos. He's got to, you know, he, he's got to present himself, you know, more originally. He's, you know, he's got to do stuff. But the acclaim, they already had a, they had an act. They had their thing down. Um, and the guns are sort of cheesy, and they, you know, they didn't really earn it. And, you know, and, and everyone can be protected in, in a fatal four-way. I mean, for the love of God, you have Danhausen in there, who, who can certainly, he, he pins and is probably as expected to. Uh, and frankly, so can Jeff Jarrett. I mean, I don't think he has taken many yet. Uh, Jay Lethal's taken pins, so you've got you've got plenty of people who can take pins. So I'm going to go with they're going to write an unnecessary wrong and give it back to the acclaimed. I wouldn't be surprised if the guns won, but I'm predicting, so I'm going to predict the acclaimed. Um, and I, you know, I think those are the major matches. Uh, honest to God, I can't remember if there's any other matches on the card. I don't know that Jade Cargill has a match announced. I expect that she will have one that's announced. I don't know who would be. I, I don't know if they announced any of, on Ring of Honor. I don't know if they'll put any Ring of Honor matches on this card. I mean, strangely, Darby Allen doesn't have a match. Sting doesn't have a match. I mean, together. Oh, Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is facing Jericho. Ricky Starks needs to win this match. You know, another young guy that needs to be put over by an old guy. Uh, you know, this is strange, though, because the, the JS is banned from ringside. But last I checked, it was a no DQ match. And I don't know if they rescinded the no DQ because they realized it makes no sense. Yeah, how can you be banned by ringside when it's no DQ? I mean, what happens if they violate that ban? Do they get suspended afterwards? Who cares? They say they, they save their boss, um, but he still won't get DQ'd. So if that's still there, I just don't think that's going to be a story. I think even though it doesn't make any sense logically, I don't think AW is that clever. Um, you know, will Action Andretti play some sort of role? Probably. Who cares? Is he going to turn? No, I don't think he's going to turn. I just, I, I think that Ricky Starks is going to be Jericho. Squeaky clean. Um, you know, I'm sure there'll be shenanigans during the course of the match because of the no DQ nature of it. But when, when the ending comes, it'll be a clean win. And, and that, that is really what has to happen. Um, I'm sure they'll add other matches. They'll probably add matches during it. You'll probably get the Lucha Brothers versus uh, Mark Sperling's crew, whatever they call themselves. It's no longer the Trust Busters, uh, even though Ari Davari's, and I guess the Trust Busters are done. Um, you'll probably get some form of Swerve and Keith Lee versus Dustin, uh, you know, or Dustin Rhodes and, uh, you know, some of the Mogul Associates. Maybe it'll be a handicap match. Maybe as a result of Rampage, it'll be two against three, Dustin and Keith Lee against Swerve and both the Mogul Associates. Who knows? But you know, maybe they'll stick that on there. Who knows? Um, I don't. Again, I don't know if they'll put any Ring of Honor matches on there. I mean, you can always do, you know, uh, you know, something else. Maybe they'll announce the first tournament. You know, you know, two fatal four ways for women's tag team matches. Though, I, you know, I think that's probably not happening since a lot of the women are injured. Ali, Anna Jay, Ty Conti, people that they usually feature. Penelope Ford is usually. You know, Ali, the bunnies tag team partner. Chris Statlander's still injured. Layla Hirsch is still injured. There, there aren't any baddies. There's no baddies singular. So Jade and Layla Gray are not going to be a team. 
Red Velvet and K.R. Hogan, I guess, could be a team, but they don't really team that much, and it's not quite clear that they're they like each other or, or on each other's side. Uh, you know, you could have Sky Blue and someone, Sky Blue and Red Velvet, but I, I just don't think there's enough teams to populate it. You know, I know you could throw it together teams. They have, you know, they've got Abaddon, Diamante, and a whole bunch of other people in, in reserve. They can they could bring in the Renegade Sisters. You know, presumably they could probably bring in you know uh, Amber Nova, Maddie Red, Renkowski. Uh, you know, any number of of people. Uh, you know, they could scan the the world and free agents and appearance talent um, and bring them on in. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think they'll do that. So I don't know. Uh, anyway, there's more than enough matches. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't have, you know, some sort of, you know, Takeshita in, in some sort of feature match where, you know, maybe he beats somebody that, that matters, like maybe him against Lance Archer or something. Um, and, you know, maybe they'll have some New Japan wrestlers in there and, they, you know, have Aussie Open do something, you know, maybe a, a, a like a, a consolation match, like for the people who came close in the Battle Royals, like the, the runner-up, Four teams, like the the two runner up teams from the Casino Battle Royal, and the two runner ups from the um, uh, regular tag team Battle Royal. Though I don't know if that makes sense because I, I think uh, Jared and Lethal were one of those. So you know, maybe you know, if, if that happens, they get removed, and it's the the next team up. Um, you know, so it might be the second runner up or whatever, just because of circumstances. But we'll see. I I don't know. I'm, I'm you know, just spitballing here. Anyway, let's go through ratings. Uh, Impact we talked about. So last time we left, the most recent rating was 95,000. From there, they went up and down. They went to 81,000, 92,000. Then they went all the way up to 97,000. And as we mentioned, they went, uh, they, they're back to uh, uh, 87,000. So, you know, Impact, you know, they're, they're not averaging 100,000 anymore. They're probably averaging close to 90,000. New Japan, we already talked about. Don't need to say it again. SmackDown's basically been hovering around 2.3 to 2.4, sometimes even higher. Um, the last uh, two weeks of, of SmackDown were uh, 2.4 um, or above, and that's all pretty good. Um, Raw, the most recent week, went up 188,000 from the week before, exceeding 2 million. Um, They've been doing mostly one eights, one nines, but the, the, they've had a. Uh, actually, this past week wasn't as high. Two weeks ago it was over two uh, two million. They actually went back down to I think about one point eight this week. This week's raw was terrible. Listen, by the way, if you want to get more of my thoughts detailed on shows and review shows, uh, I do. I've done the Smack Cheesemo on the PWC, which was a mashup of Raw and SmackDown from two weeks ago. This week, I did Monday Night Machismo with Jimmy T and Bad Guy Jack. Ron from Unpopular Review. You might remember him if you ever watched me on that, if you ever watched Steve on that. Um, and he's been on PWC a few times now. We're really happy to have him. Uh, Uncaged, Rampage Uncaged on the PWC. Also, if you're a Patreon of Channel Attitude or Hummy Media Group, you, you can find it there behind the paywall. Though when we're live, you can watch it live. Um, SmackDown. We do Smack Talk on the PWC, but also uh, I've been on Smack Attack, which is also behind the paywall on P- on Ch- Hamin Media Group and Channel Attitude. Yes, that Channel Attitude, Vince Russo's one. Uh, two out of the three last Saturdays, and again this coming Saturday, hopefully. I think so. I think it's going to be a permanent gig. Um, 
we talked SmackDown, but we actually talked a lot more about Dominic Mysterio and Lance Archer, uh, or at least in equal parts to SmackDown. But it was a fun show. Um, and sometimes I'm on the skirmish, but even if I'm not on the skirmish, listen to the skirmish because Jimmy T and Chris Sams do a great job on it. And I generally agree with what they say. I actually, I think I might be more favorable towards AEW Dynamite these days than Chris and Jimmy are. Um, you know, and you know, Steve, he's, he's basically the Grinch on AEW and all things, but, uh, I think even he might, uh, he might be where Jimmy or Chris are, uh, at this point. I'm a lot more forgiving with my wrestling. Anyway, Rampage. Um, let's do NXT. NXT a few weeks back did 562, which had been a decrease. Then they went up to 640, which was a large increase, obviously. Uh, but lately they've been shuffling back down again. 589 for what I said was a really bad show. Um, and then the week after paid for it with 555. But next week is Roblox, so hopefully they'll jump back up again and pick up some momentum. Again, I, I thought this Tuesday night was, I wouldn't say it was a great show, but I thought it was. <laughs> Delightful is a strange word to use for wrestling, but it didn't make my head hurt. Everything made sense. The show flowed. It, it advanced storylines. You know, it's typical nasty that, you know, most of the matches don't end clean. There's usually some distraction or some reason that, that someone, that, that, that somebody loses, but not always. There was at least two matches where there was just a clean win. Uh, but you know, it, it's just a nice balance, you know, between match quality, match length and stories and, interference and just it's just i don't know it's just delightful it's it, it's just like sunday afternoon in the park on a blanket you've got a you know a picnic basket there there's no bugs uh you've got one of those great chicken salad sandwiches that magically doesn't drip off the you know fall off the bread every time you take a bite you've got those magic crunchy cheetos that none of the orange gets on your fingers or your hands uh You've got the coldest Dr. Pepper you've ever dreamed of or you know, white wine or cold beer, whatever whatever it is that, that's your fancy, you've got it there. Um, you know, and, and and then you have a woman that's, you know, barely the same reveal as my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Lassicaria, but good for you. Um, no, that was mean. Sorry, but accurate. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just like, my fiance is just... Unbelievable. She's a smoke show. Um, all right, so that's NXT. MLW we talked about, but let's talk about it again. Uh, 97,000 last week. This week, not rated. So, you know, that's probably under 40,000. Uh, by the way, they, they, I already talked about the rerun situation about the second hour. I'm not even... One week they told us it was 68,000, but no one's really reporting those. It's 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 a rerun. It's not important. Um, we talked about Dynamite a little bit, how last week uh, 1,028,000 at its peak, which was an increase of 204,000 from the week before. But this week, plummeting down to 833, down 197,000 for the go-home show. So, yeesh. I don't know what that's going to say about the buy rates. Usually by now, Tony is bragging about the digital reports and the pre-buys and this and the other thing. And he's usually doing some call selling everything. I thought he was supposed to do a call today with the media. Maybe it's tomorrow, um, or maybe he just canceled the whole thing. I, I, honest to God, I don't think I would blame him if he did it, but he can't seem to shut up. All right, Rampage a few weeks ago, as you remember, was at 7 o'clock. Uh, they dropped to 278000 for that 7 o'clock hour, which, by the way, is the time slot that people are always arguing that Rampage would do better at. 
And there was an NBA playoff game afterwards, which is why there was a preemption. So they had a pretty good lead out. Didn't help. Um, Rampage this week went up significantly to by 122,000 to 409,000, but still very disappointing numbers. And Rampage was not a good show. It was by far not the worst show I've ever seen um, on Rampage, but it wasn't good. It didn't help much with uh, building up revolution. It It is strange some of the choices our boy Tony Khan is making. I, and really, if you want more of my thoughts on AW writ large, you really should check out the PWC and at least listen to Rampage on Cage because we mostly cover Rampage, but we, you know, it, it's it's impossible not to talk a little bit about Dynamite and, you know, Dynamite writ large or, or AEW writ large when they only have three hours of television a week. I don't count Dark. I don't count Dark Elevation. I don't count, um, you know, Ring of Honor, which just started tonight. You know, none of that. None of that's important. Um all right. Uh, what else do I have here? Oh, interesting little notes. WWE Biography did 495,000 uh, last week. WWE Rivals did 440,000 last week. Uh, both obviously are considerably above Rampage, which I think is LOL worthy. Um, Power Slap in its fourth week is down to 275,000. And they were going to have a, like a pay-per-view event, and that's been removed to... Uh, like a free platform um, or like a streaming, which it's uh, not the same as a pay-per-view. So Power Slap, as it should, because it's a shit show, um, looks like the audience agrees it's a shit show, and it's been a shit show uh, in that it's been a mess and it's a shitty show, and I doubt it'll get renewed. Wow, the last number I saw was for late February, and their aggregate was 326,000, which was actually up 40,000. It's not routinely reported. It's not like a regular TV show where it's on the same time slot at the same time, so that 326,000 are all watching you know, Tuesday night between 9 and 10. It's, it, WOW airs on about 200 and, you know, 215 different stations, uh, probably under very different hours, most for them. A lot of those stations will rerun it several times. So that 326 is the aggregate of all the shows. Now, what I cannot explain, and I'm sure I've mentioned this before, is why we weren't getting these aggregate numbers for Ring of Honor. Same network, same metrics. I guess no one just wanted to report on it. Um, just like no one's reporting on the New Japan World membership subscriptions now post Monet. Just like no one's reporting on Mandy Rose's amount. Remember... Back in December, when she first started the, the fan time in late November and December, every week we were told how much she made. We were told she made a million dollars in December. Then in January, peep. It's now March. We haven't heard anything since. Now, I am not saying that she's suffering. That million dollars a month may have turned to $300,000 a month, which is still great. It may have turned to $100,000 a month, which is still great. Not after you made a million dollars a month, but you can adjust. I mean, she's a smart woman, I presume. I, I think she knew that that you know that was probably the high point. But you know, it could also be that it's down to twelve or fourteen. I mean, how many times and ways can you see the same woman who you know isn't going to sleep with you and isn't going to actually do any lewd sex acts? How many times can you can you watch it? How many times can you watch it even if, if she is going to do lewd sex acts? I mean, as gorgeous as Mandy Rose is, if you see her all the time, uh, you know, on a video screen. You know, it, it becomes ordinary. It, it, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, you have to borderline stalkery, obsessed, to, you know, for, for, you know, you know, I, listen, I've never been an OnlyFans of anyone. I've never done a fan time of anyone. 
The only time I ever bought a cameo was for the Sala monster. Um, and I also got shout outs for Garden of the Doom and Hammerlock Hangover and uh, Unpopular Review at the same time. Um, but it was for the Sala monster and it was for Katrina, who, you know, was on MLW, isn't she? She's in some movies now. I think she's even in a movie that, that Monet might be in. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, the point being, uh, the point's not important. All right. Will well, yeah. The point is important. The the, the, the point is, I you know, I only have firsthand knowledge of this, but I I just I just can't imagine that you have a long term customer in those, and if you do, you probably don't want them, and if you do, they're going to probably be bankrupting themselves. It's probably a worse habit than gambling. Um, you know, there's probably good, there's probably going to be stories about like you know mother's savings depleted because their adult son in the basement used all of the money for this instead of like, you know, getting the roof redone or shit like that. Anyway, let's not be so, you know, you know, uh, cynical and doom and gloom on, on this. Uh, I guess we'll just, we'll just wait and see. Just, you know, just remember what CJ Perry, Lana said that she would gladly give hers up for a WWE contract. Just remember what happened with Thea Trinidad, Zelina Vega. It took about three or four months before she started regretting it when she's not on TV and having that publicity machine for you and having, you know, the hundreds of thousands or millions of people seeing you on various platforms and, you know, sort of getting enticed and going, yeah, I want to buy that. I mean, there's, there's a little cachet and a, like a status of, you know, even if it's only in your mind of, you know, of sort of, you know, following the TV star and thinking you're developing some sort of, relationship even if they just know your name you're a top fan they know your name and they're like you know hi schmedley you know it's great to see you again schmedley i'm so glad i haven't seen you in two days i was worried about you you know whatever you know it's but you know let those two individuals you know lead you i mean is mandy rose absolutely gorgeous yes was thea trinidad yes is she yes did she do cosplay was that crazy sexy yes was it the same as what 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 mandy's doing no did CJ do what Mandy does? I don't know. I don't think so, but uh, I really don't know. But, you know, is is Mandy really that much higher than CJ Perry? I guess reasonable minds can differ. Um, anyway, I, you know, I think we're spending more time. And where is me? So I'm spending too much time, and I'm going to stop myself. Um, if I did forget any major matches on Revolution that have been announced or ones that get announced after I record the show, which right now it is Friday morning, 12.45 a.m. I obviously started, you know, probably around 11 um, on Thursday, the, the second, so now it's the third. So if any matches get added afterwards, either while this show is being recorded or after it pops up uh, or after Rampage and you want my predictions on that, I'd be happy enough to answer you. I might just make a post on my Twitter. And again, you know, uh, I have two that you... You know, at Icarus Fell MD, there's also Evil Dose at Garden of the Doom. You're welcome to follow both, by the way. Initially, I had the second one, Evil Dose at Garden of the Doom, frankly, because Icarus Fell had been blocked by some major journalists, uh, and I wanted to get their information, so I started the new account. I wanted to know what they were doing. Um, some of them have lasted. Some of them have, you know, blocked me again, uh, though not for poor behavior or being mean generally. Uh Sometimes it was just by association. Like one guy blocked like any account that was associated with me because we had Bill Shannon on as a guest here. And, and Bill Shannon that particular week was having a few with 
Sean Ross Sapp. So <laughs> Sean Ross Sapp blocked me, but you know, other people haven't. And, you know, I, I really haven't, you know, been going at it too much with journalists and you know, what, what's the point? I mean, back when I was first doing listen, I harbored the illusion that the journalists were better than people thought they were, that, that, you know, that they had real sources and they weren't making stuff up and it wasn't, you know, all misinformation. I thought that there were some that were better than others. Um, and I think that Fightful probably was, but after Raj Giri sold it, I don't, I don't think they're much better now. They might be better than, say, Ringside News or No DQ. Not sure. Um, WrestleMania is crap. Meltzer, frankly, is crap. He makes tons of stuff up, and he's a dispensary for information that's fed to him by bias sources like the Bucks. Sorry, but it's true. Uh, and like Tony Khan. And of course, you know, most of that network is tainted by that, either obnoxiously or, you know, in some lesser form that, that influences what they Listen, I have a ton of respect for Jim Valley, but he is so in the wrestling bubble. Um, and we had a, a little argument where he was getting a little nasty, but I said to him, he's like, I think you owe me an, you're going to owe me an apology for this Brock Lesnar Vince thing. You're naive. You're, he kept calling me cute. I, I guess he doesn't realize I'm a you know 55 year old man with a 30 year career in, in, you know, business and law. Um, anyway, the, uh, so the next day, the news comes out that it was Brock who nixed the match, not Vince. And I sent them, I'm like, you know, because we, I said, let's agree to disagree and let's put a pin on in this for a future discussion. And listen, it turns out that you're right. I would acknowledge that you're right, but I don't owe you an apology because I was never nasty to you. Um, you know, if anything, you're the one who got salty. Anyway, he said, I will look forward to that day. So the next day, maybe it came. I'm not, I'm not saying that the, that the news that, that Brock nixed it is, is any more solid than any of the other news. I mean, it's like 70% of the same people report all three versions. So, you know, we don't know. We might never know. But I did, you know, send them a, not a DM, but a direct tweet at, you know, Jim Valley. And I said, listen, I wasn't expecting to contact you this quickly. But, you know, you have heard the the, 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 the newest report is that it's actually Brock that nixed the match and, and that he approved the match with almost not Vince. I'm not saying you owe me an apology or anything, but it's interesting. He responded all no. He had plenty of time yesterday to, to respond to me and keep calling me cute and naive, but not today couldn't be bothered. Couldn't be bothered with it. So, you know, even Jim Valley, who I think is a class guy, and listen, he battled throat cancer and, and heroically come, came back. He's doing a podcast. Uh, doesn't sound like it's easy for him. Maybe it is. Maybe that's just the way his voice sounds now. But, um, you know, I give him nothing but respect. But, you know, even him, you know, sort of, crawled into a shell a little bit. All I say is, you know, I, I don't believe the story or, you know, that story hasn't been double sourced. Well, neither was yours, pal. I mean, you know, with, you know, talk to your boss, you know, he, you know, he, he, he's the originator of not sourcing things at all, or not double sourcing them or not even worrying about the sources. Like how many stories are reported that someone in WW, a source within WWE has told Dave Meltzer that he thinks that such and such is happening. What the hell does that mean? Could be, it could be the guy in catering thinks that, that, that this is going on. That doesn't mean he heard anything, saw anything, knows anything. It's just that he thinks that's, that's no better than your opinion or mine. Frankly, it's probably worse than your opinion or mine because first, he's, he could be making someone else. Secondly, I think that you and I are probably less biased than they are. 
even if we have our biases, and we certainly do, and I, I don't know what all of your biases are. I don't even know who all of you are. Of course you don't. Um, and I think, you know, after doing a hundred and so shows here and, and you know, uh, you know, probably dozens of shows on the PWC and a, a few on soup and a few on Drew Yari show and, you know, uh, you know, the off the mat and then channel attitude shows, you probably know where my biases lie, but I, you know, I do try to be fair. I try to be more, you know, objective, um, and try to see both sides to the extent I can. And the things I'm cynical on are, are generally, well, human nature and falsities in, in business and also, you know, people not understanding business and how it works, whether it's good or not, whether, whether, whether me being right is something that might be morally right or not is not, you know, it's, it's more about how the world works and I'm trying to interpret it through that thing, not through how we might wish it to be. Um, but, uh, you know, anyway, the point is, I think I'm less biased than Dave Meltzer. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, believe he has as many sources as he says he does. And, and I don't believe that, that, those sources are necessarily in a, in a place of knowing anything for all I know, it could be the person who drives those trucks from city to city, uh, you know, uh, whatever it, 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 it's unimportant. We don't, we do know who the sources are for AEW, at least some of them. They're the young bucks. They're probably Kenny to an extent. They're probably Tony Khan to an extent before they were probably some other, but probably people like FTR or whatever until they, you know, and probably, uh, you know, uh, CM Punk until they, you know, went off the reservation, so to speak. Anyway, I think I did ratings. I think I did news. Um, probably just a few other things on, uh, this is not the most recent information, but NWA on, um, YouTube continues to struggle. Uh, last I saw the most recent episode, which by the way, I watched today at 21,000 at the time I watched it last week's was 28,000. Two weeks ago was 44,000. Those numbers are probably pretty, uh, a little bit adjusted by now. I didn't, I don't have this week's elevation, but last week I did it. And it was 137, 193, 242. This uh, two weeks ago in dark was 132, 160, 163. Uh, again, not particularly good. Perhaps there were giant rebounds this week, but given the numbers for rampage and, Dynamite, I I hardly see how that's possible. By the way, there's no preliminary numbers on how many people enrolled in Honor Club. Now you know from what when we talked about Mandy Rose and Mercedes Monet, the post uh, you know or post debut or Osprey Omega with Wrestle Kingdom, whatever whatever you want to attribute to, how they told us there were forty thousand new memberships to New Japan World. Don't you think if the subscriptions to Honor Club were anything to write home about? They would have been talking about it. They would have given us a number and probably inflated it by 15%, said not all the totals are in, but we think it's, you know, 79,000. They, they haven't said a number. They haven't said a number. I know very few people who, who are watching it. Um, and I think there's all other people who pirate it or pretend or, you know, have these links or whatever. Anyway, they're not mentioning it, and I would take that as a really bad sign. Maybe a few others will join this coming week, you know, because you know people will talk about how the matches were good and this is exciting and whatever. Um, but people will also probably drop off. Um, anyway, the the less news we we hear, the more skeptical you should be that it's a, a good positive number. So we'll keep our eye on it. You know, they have a pay per view coming up in the not too distant future. You know, again, uh, I think it's uh, going to be during WrestleMania weekend. So we'll see. 
they seem to get those numbers right away while the AW pay-per-view numbers seem to take forever to get. We get an estimate and then the real numbers come out, um, which are much lower than the estimate. And then the real, real numbers come out later, you know, like a year and a half later on a spreadsheet and they turn out to even be lower, except for Forbidden Door, which actually went up, though my understanding is the going up were replays on Honor Club more than anything else. Um, I'm not sure how the split was between ADO and a and W and Honor Club on that. My guess is that Honor Club kept most of that. Maybe they split fifty fifty. I don't know. That that's not really important because AEW, whatever they're doing, isn't making money. Last piece of news: the video game. So there was a release date of March thirty first. Um, according to some on some platforms, they've seen the release date now being back at December thirty first, twenty twenty three. What I'm telling you is that. This game is nowhere near being ready. It did get the team rating. That obviously was a false story as to why it was holding it up. Another lie. Um, They use placeholder dates. And the placeholder dates are usually at the end of a quarter or when they don't know, they just say the end of the year, um, you know, which is basically after Christmas uh, because they can't can't even do the bait and switch for Christmas. They have no idea when this game is coming out. Um, Will it come out in 2023? Maybe they got the rating. It should. Uh, I imagine they don't want to release it too close to the WWE games. That's probably the real reason for the delay at this point. But who really knows? There might be glitches. They may need to patch things. I, I, you know, I'm not really sure. But you know, this is beyond embarrassing at this point. And Jamie the Vet Williams reminded me or educated me that some games do take many years to uh, prepare. Listen, a wrestling game. You know, the, the, the templates are really there already. Um, this game doesn't look like it's got the most advanced graphics. And, and, you know, I doubt they've got too much stuff that's particularly original. This is not like Red, you know, Red Dead Redemption or, you know, Resident Evil or The Last of Us where, you know, they're getting Hollywood actors in it. They have screenwriters. They've got scripts. They've got multiple storylines. They've got backstories. You know, all stuff. you're basically it's a movie that you can win. Those take, I get that those can take years to make or, you know, because that's like a a big budget Hollywood production. This is a sports game. It ain't the same. I mean, WWE comes up with a game pretty much every year. Madden comes out with a game pretty much every year. So I'm going to say it's apples to oranges on that. Anyway, do I think this game will come out this year? I'm just going to keep saying no to be a troll. I actually do think it will come out. Whenever WWE's game comes out, I think they'll put it out, you know, 75 days later, something like that. I think it'll be out before Christmas, whether it's in its final form or they'll need fixes or patches. Uh, you know, I don't freaking know. Anyway, I hope this solo show wasn't too terrible for you. I seem to have gone two hours, even without Steve, which was definitely not my intention. I was hoping to bang through this in an hour, but so be it. All right. Let me know what you think. Let Steve know what you think. Um, But I do promise that we will try to come back at another time. Um, Sorry about the roadblock thing. I was a little bit lazy and not pulling it up. And I sort of did this knee jerk or, you know, I'm like, I'm in bed at 11. I'm like, Jesus, I don't want to go six weeks without a hammerlock hangover because people are going to give up on the show. And I didn't want that to happen. So anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, I think I've told you our socials and where you can follow us during the course of the show. So listen, thanks for listening. Apologies for the delay. And we'll check you out next week. Hey, enjoy some wrestling this weekend. Try anyway. Ciao and stay evil, my friends.